You are listening to the Magnetic Marketing Marketing Secret Gold Members Only Podcast. Okay, I know what some of you guys are thinking right now. Is that really Russell on stage? I don't think I've ever seen him wear a suit jacket before. <laughs> I'm kind of freaking out. Does it look all right? So <laughs> some of the backstory behind this, because we all are going to start with the backstory, is uh, the first two Funnel Hacking Lives, I came in in shorts and t-shirt and flip-flops, and that's how, how I rolled, right? How many of you guys were there for any of the, the early Funnel Hacking Lives? Okay, after the, the second or third Funnel Hacking Live, I, uh, we had someone who, who, uh, who came to his first Funnel Hacking Live, joined our inner circle, and then he pulled me aside afterward and said, Russell, you look really, really bad. I was like, what? He's like, can I please take you shopping? And I was like... I don't know what you're talking about. This is awesome. And um, his name is Bart Miller. And uh, for those of you guys who know Bart, he's like, <laughs> and so for the next Funnel Hacking Live, I'm like, sure, you can, you can dress me. I don't even know what that means, but let's do it. And so like a month before Funnel Hacking Live took me shopping to stores that had names I couldn't pronounce, um, where the prices of like a pair of jeans was much as I spent on a car. And I'm like, this is insane. And so um, he dressed me for the for Funnel Hacking Live t- uh, two years ago, and they did it again last year. And every year he tries to get me to wear a suit jacket, and every year I tell him no. And then this year he tricked me. He was like, he's like, what if this year I get you to wear a suit? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not wearing a suit jacket. He's like, but what if we took the Funnel Hacker logo and we put it on the inside of the suit jacket? <laughs> so I was like, if you can do that, I'll wear a suit jacket. And I'm here today wearing a suit jacket. So this may be the only time you see this happen. Um, Bart said we should start a clothing line selling these jackets. We would buy a Funnel Hacker jacket if we started our own clothing line. <laughs> All right, maybe there'll be a funnel for that in the future. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. This, this whole, I can't believe it. it's been two days. How many of you guys have had like the most amazing experience of the last two days? How many of you guys feel slightly overwhelmed? <laughs> it's good. It's a good feeling. Um, you know, I... I, I I value all of your guys' time very, very highly. I'm, um, I think I value people's time more than probably almost anyone on this planet because I know how valuable my time is. Every second that I'm not with my kids, I want to make sure I'm maximizing with other things that are, that are insanely valuable. Otherwise, I want to be with them. And so if when I'm putting on something like this and putting it together, I'm like, I want to make sure that we give in so much value that like, it, just more than people can even handle. And so that's where the whole hashtag over-deliver keeps coming from. Like, we want to over-deliver. And I know sometimes we give so much, it's, like, it's, it's overwhelming, and that's okay. Don't freak out about that. Your job right now over this weekend is not to try to, to understand and grab and absorb everything, okay? The job, your, your plan right now this weekend is to sit back and listen to all the speakers and see the framework, start understanding and be like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. That's really cool. And start figuring out who are the people you resonate with. Like, who are the people that like their message was the one that clicked for you, okay? Because some of you guys, like when I speak, you're like, I get what Russell says. And some of you guys are like, that guy talks way too fast. I have no idea what he's talking about, right? It's been interesting um, throughout the event as, as uh, each speaker speaks, um, each speaker has had an effect on different, uh, different segments of the audience. It's really fascinating. I had some people who were like, Rachel Peterson was the best presenter I've ever heard. Other people were like, Gabe's presentation was the best ever. And everyone's got different presentations that they resonate with. And so look for that because your goal is not trying to capture everything here today and go back and implement all the things. It's to listen to all the things, have all the stuff come at you and be like, oh, that's a piece I need. That's a good piece I need. Okay, overwhelm comes when you try to do all the things you're learning. That's not the goal. The goal is to give you a palette of here's all the stuff that you can be learning, all the stuff that's happening. And then for you to look at that and say, okay, that piece makes sense for, my, for me and my business right now. Oh, that piece right here makes a lot of sense. 
okay? And so look at it from that way. You don't have to absorb and capture everything. In fact, if you do, you're going to be drowning under this, the weight of it all, right? It's listening for the pieces. And so some of you guys are in the spot right now where you've got a funnel that's working, and you're like, I need more traffic. Okay, so this presentation is all about traffic, and that's the goal. Like, like this is the thing for you to be grabbing onto. Some of you guys aren't ready for traffic yet, and that's okay. <clears throat> I still want you to hear this presentation so you can listen to it so you can start understanding the principles. So when your funnel's done, you're like, okay, now I'm at this point in my business where I'm ready to do the traffic thing. I'm going to go back and start trying to figure that part out. Okay? But don't stress out like I have to memorize all these things right now. It's not, it's not the way it works. It's not um, college where you have to like memorize everything and regurgitate it two weeks later on a test. This is you as the entrepreneur you start understanding the frameworks. Hey, there's a framework for this, a framework for this. Start understanding all the pieces. And then when you're ready and prepared for that piece, then you go deep into it. Okay, that's why I'm such a big believer in getting the recordings from the event. Because like some of you guys, it's going to be like three months from now. Your funnel's done. You're like, okay, I want to go deeper in traffic. Let me go back and watch Julius's presentation and Russell's presentation and start figuring out those pieces and, and getting deeper into it. Okay? All right, so that's kind of my, my preface. Everyone by day, by day three starts getting that feeling sometimes of just like, whew, there's a lot. And I don't want you guys to get overwhelmed. I want you to be excited by that, knowing there's so much to do, so much excitement, so many things you get to learn and experience and do and figure out. It's what makes this job and this, this, uh, this business so much fun. All right. So um, I don't know if you guys heard or not, but over the last year or so, I've been working on a secret project. Um, I'm working on a new book. How many of you guys have heard about this new book? Okay, so here's the story. So I started writing the book, Traffic Secrets, almost two years ago now. And um, I do what I always encourage you guys to do. It's like, before you go and create something, it's like you're testing your material, right? So I started going to events. I would talk about traffic. I would, I would do podcasts about it. I would do Facebook Lives. I started testing out this material and seeing what things land and what things didn't land. Uh, last year, Funnel Hacking Live, I gave a presentation about traffic secrets. And shortly after the event ended, um, I got to work actually starting on the manuscript. And I started writing it and writing it. And um, it's, it's been a, such a fun project. Also a very intimidating project. Um, you know, traffic is one of the things that changes the most in the industry. And I was like, how do I write a book that's going to be evergreen for forever without talking about things that are going to be obsolete by the time this thing goes to print? And so that was a big undertaking. Um, it took me almost a full year to get the book done. And, um, and when the book got done, um, we got our publisher and, uh, they said, Hey, do you want to do this as a hardbound book? And I was like, yes, that would be insanely cool to have a hardbound book. And I was like, wait, if we have that book hardbound, I want all the books hardbound. And so um, we had a different publisher for the first two books of the paperback editions. And so uh, I went back and I bought the rights back from them. And I said, um, and I asked the new publisher, uh, Hey House, I said, Hey, will you guys be willing to republish these books all as hardbounds? And they're like, Yeah, that'd be cool. And I was like, Then we could do a box set. It would be like Harry Potter. It'd be amazing. And I was like, Freaking out. It's like, Cool, yeah, you could totally do that. And so we're getting down with traffic secrets. And then I sent the manuscript to them and all the, the artwork and stuff. And they said, yeah, Now send us the, the, the stuff for the other books. And I was like, Well, I have a question. Now that I have a, like a little window, like, can I, can I like, edit a couple chapters and like add in a couple stories and stuff? And like, just before I give it to you, they're like, oh, sure. Yeah. Just don't do too much. I'm like, okay, no worries. So I got the whole manuscript and I started reading first the dot-com secrets book. I started reading it and I was like two chapters in. I was like, oh my gosh, like I sucked at writing books five years ago. I was like, I didn't tell stories very well. Like I didn't like, I, I was like so frustrated. I was like, oh my gosh. And there's a lesson behind this. Um, the lesson is that Russell five years ago sucked at writing books, but guess what Russell five years ago still did? Wrote a book, right? So I'm going through the book and I'm like, this is not as good as it, it could be or it should be. And I, wanna, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make my little edits, but then I'm going to see how deep it goes. And so the book started out at 58,000 words. I ended up deleting over 30,000 words and ended up at 94,000 words when all was said and done. So that's the new dot-com secrets book. And then I slipped into the publisher. I'm like, here's the book with a couple edits. She's like, how, many, how much of it is edited? And I was like, um, all the pages with words on it are new. Um, sorry, 
And they're like, are you doing the same thing for the expert secrets book? I'm like, no, no, there's no way. I wrote that like two years ago. I'm sure it's like almost perfect. I'm like, okay, cool, because we don't have time to get all these things done in time. I'm like, cool. So I get the expert secrets transcript. I start reading it. And about chapter two, I'm like, this book is not very good. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, well, they're editing the other books right now. They have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm just going to go deep into this hole and start working on it. And so um, the expert secrets book started at 60,000 words. I ended up deleting, I think, 35,000 words. And it also ended up, I think, 88,000 words or something like that. So... It got kind of big. And then while we're in the process, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a companion book that, that we could use that somebody could go through while they were working on you know, going through the three books in order? And that was an idea. And then Joy Anderson took this idea and worked on this project that ended up being a 650-page workbook to go with the three books, <laughs> um, which is insane. So give Joy a huge round of applause. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't have all the books for you guys here today, but I told the publisher, I was like, is there any way you can print one copy of the books in the boxes so I can show everybody at Funnel Hacking Live? And they told me no. They said that'd be way too expensive. They said literally it's going to cost you like five grand to print a one-off book of each one. So it's like 20 grand to be able to show it to everybody. I was like, but I really want to show it to everybody. So I wrote a check and I got a, the first copy of the box set. Do you guys want to see it? Okay, here we go. <laughs> that shot cost me 20 grand. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Oh, wait. Here's all the books. They're all in the, the box set as well. The box set says the Secrets Trilogy. Um, on the back, it says your one funnel way. So the life you want, the marriage you want, and the family you want is going to be fueled by the businesses you build. Um, And so the first is the brand new dot-com secrets book that's hardbound. Tons of new graphs and images and doodles. Second is the new expert secrets book. Third is the brand new traffic secrets book. Ah! And then the last one is the unlock the secrets workbook. You have a chance to go through as you're going through these books. So when these, thank you. So my goal with this box set is for everyone, um, anytime you have a new business idea or a new company you're starting or you want to go deeper and get your business to the next level is to get a new box set, open it up, and then start at the very beginning. Start with dot-com secrets. Go through that and then work through the workbook with that. And then go through the expert secrets, then traffic secrets. And the workbook will help, you'll go through will help you flush out your ideas and get, your, get all the pieces to figure out. What's your value ladder? What's your offer? What are your upsells, your downsells? How are you getting traffic? Who's your dream 100? Like all those pieces you'll build inside here. And by the time you're done going through the set, you'll have your entire business plan, blueprint, everything done. And then you can go launch that company. And then you can start the next one, go buy another box set, do it again. And you just buy box sets every month or so because the more you buy, you know, makes me feel better about myself. So my status goes up, right? Anyway, so that's the secret project I'm working on the last 12 months. It's been a lot of work and I'm so proud of it and I cannot wait. Uh, pre-launch starts in March. We're starting pre-launch and then May 5th is when the boxes start shipping out to everybody. So um, I'm excited to get you guys all this new information in your hands. So anyway, I just want to tell that story because I'm so excited. So <laughs> thank you. All right. So my plan over the next, oh, and by the way, all those books were written while we were doing all this other stuff. We're juggling. Anyway, it's, it's so much fun. All right. So my slides back up. So what we're going to do right now is I'm going to go through um, some of the frameworks inside of Traffic Secrets book. Obviously, this book is 96,000 words, so I can't go through all of them in the next 45 minutes, but I want to give you guys some of the foundational ones to get your mind's thinking, and so that by the time you get the book in your hand, you'll be able to geek out and start running with me really fast. Cool? 
Okay, so I'm gonna go through two of the core frameworks. The first framework is called the Dream 100. The first section of the, of the Traffic Secrets book is all about the Dream 100. And then section two, talk about fill your funnel. This is how um, you can go into any new platform and get traffic. So I don't care if it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google, Pinterest, Twitter, like whatever it is, it's like here's the framework, here's the pattern to get traffic from any of these platforms, okay? And the nice thing about this, and I'll, I'll talk about this as I get deeper into it, but the reason why I wrote the book this way is because um, we have no idea what's gonna happen next week or next month. Facebook could disappear. Zuckerberg could be shut down for the monopoly that he's building, which I support fully, I love him, I'm grateful for him. Don't turn off my ads, please. Um, so I'm grateful for that, but who knows? Facebook could disappear, it could shut down. We had new platforms like TikTok coming in. It's like, what in the world? TikTok wasn't even a thing as I was writing this book, and now it's here, okay? And there's some smart marketers who are using this exact same framework right now to jump in and dominate it, right? Rachel Peterson is the TikTok queen already. She's killing it, and she's following the same kind of process. And so I'm gonna walk you guys through that as well. So that way, as you step into any platform, you know the process and the framework to do to be able to be successful in there. Does that sound like fun? Okay. So this is the, the first framework we're going to is the Dream 100. For a lot of you guys, this is going to be a review. I'm going to go over it kind of quickly. I'm going to spend more time on the sec second half, but it's such a core fundamental piece of the entire picture. I want to make sure I spend a little time on it right now. Okay, so the first thing is you are figuring out how to drive traffic. It all comes back down to this. Who is your dream customer? Okay, and this is like such an essential piece of it. And I wish that somebody, when I first started my business, would have grabbed me by the ears and said, Russell, stop trying to create new products. Try to figure out who your dream customer is first. Okay, because I was six years into my business and I, I was laying in bed, I woke up one morning and I realized I hated my company. I didn't hate the people that worked for me, but I hated the people we were serving. How many of you guys kind of don't love your customers right now? A couple of you guys are willing to admit it, okay? I woke up that day, I was just like, I'm miserable. I was like, I remember laying there in bed saying, I wish I had a boss so this person could fire me because I do not want to go to work that day. It's because I was creating products and customers were coming to me. <clears throat> and I had this realization, like I need to first figure out who is my dream customer and then create the products that will actually attract them. <clears throat> okay, and so I spent some time doing an exercise trying to figure out who are my dream customers. And I won't go too deep into that, but the basic gist is I really keep being clear on that. Who do I actually want to serve? What do they look like? What are they, how do they act? What are they, what, what are they doing? And I got super crystal clear on exactly who my dream customers were. Okay, and this exercise I did about, about six years ago. Okay, how many of you guys have been drawn into our community and our world in the last six years? Every single person who I've brought to this event this is their first time is like, this audience is different. These people are crazy. Like, this is not like a normal business event. This is like a rock concert, right? Okay, that was strategic by design. I was going to marketing events and I was like bored out of my mind, sitting in the back, sleeping. Like, how is everybody so bored? Like, I want to attract the kind of people who are going to be passionate about this. We're going to wake up at five in the morning and line up outside because they're so excited to learn some more stuff. People aren't sitting in the halls talking. They want to be in the room because they know that the best stuff's happening right here. Like, those are the people I want to attract, Right? And so it started there, figuring that out. So for you guys, you got to figure out exactly who it is you want to serve. That's the first step in business, not the last, okay? The second step, after you know who they are, then you got to figure out where in the world are those people actually congregating, okay? The magic of the internet and why we're able to have success and build companies so fast is because people online, they already self-congregate together based on similar beliefs and values and things that they love. Think about in your personal life, the things that you're super passionate about, right? We all have those things. Okay, so for me, there's things I'm passionate about. I'm obviously passionate about marketing and sales and business. I'm passionate about entrepreneurship, personal development. I'm passionate about biohacking. I'm passionate about supplements. <clears throat> I'm passionate about wrestling. I'm passionate about the, the LDS church. I'm passionate about a lot of different things, right? These things that I love and I care about. And if I think about my life, if I step back, I'm like, where do I spend my time on the internet? I'm usually tapping into some of these communities, right? I'm going to hang out with the marketers over here. Then I'm going to hang out with the wrestlers over here. I'm going to hang out and I'm hanging out in different spots based on the things that are interesting to me, right? And all of you guys do the exact same thing. 
So start thinking like, where are the places I'm already congregating based on the things I'm excited about? Where I'm finding my, my tribe and my people, right? Okay? And so that's the question then is now, I know where I'm going, like where are my people, like my dream customers, where are they already congregating? If I can find those people and I can throw my hooks out in front of them, I can start getting them, okay? And so that's the second thing. Who's my dream customer and then where are they hiding? Where are they congregating? And then you just gotta go find those people, okay? I've shared this, this example a ton of times, one of the most simple ones. Um, then the time I really got it when I, was when I was in, a, I was at Boise State, it was my junior year in college and I was just learning this whole marketing thing and I remember traffic to me seemed like this magic trick. Right? I kept trying to figure out, how do I create traffic? How do I create traffic? And I remember I had a mentor at the time, his name was Stephen Pierce. And Stephen Pierce said, no, no, you don't understand, Russell. You don't try to create traffic. Traffic's already there. He said, you just have to find the existing traffic streams that are already happening and then just step in front of them and the traffic will come to you. I was like, I don't have to create traffic. No, 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 just find it. Don't create it, go and find it. And I'm sitting there uh, in study hall. My junior year, uh, I was wrestling and all the wrestlers struggled at school. Most of us um, were on the... The, the list every single week saying like grade checks and things like that. So we had mandatory study hall two hours every single night for all wrestlers. Um, and so every, every night after practice, we'd go and then we'd sit in the study hall for two hours and we're supposed to be doing our homework. And I remember looking around as I was doing my homework and all the other computers, all the other wrestlers were all on the exact same website. We were all on the mat.com. And all of us were there and we were in the forums and we were talking about wrestling and we were uh, talking about who's, who was good wrestling, who this weekend and the matches. And we're talking about uh, just all the stuff about wrestling, right? We're geeking out. And I was looking at, I was looking around, I realized that of the 30 or so wrestlers in the room, probably 18 of us were on the mat right now, not doing our homework, talking. And then I jumped in the forum, I started looking there, I was like, there are hundreds and hundreds of people live right now, all talking about these same topics. I was like, there's probably people in every single um, wrestling uh, community across the country, every single college has wrestling, every single high school, all around the world, they're all coming together on our little corner of the internet, where all us wrestlers can hang out and have some fun. And I was thinking, I was like, if I had a wrestling product to sell, where would I go? How would I create traffic? I don't need to create traffic. I just find the existing traffic. It's all right there. All of them that are hanging out. I'm just coming here and putting my hooks out in front of it. Okay? So that's why this traffic game becomes easy when you start looking at it differently. It's just all I got to do is figure out who's my dream customer, where are they at, and then how do I throw my hooks in front of them? Okay? That's really traffic when it's all said and done. There's little tactics about ways to do better and worse, but for the most part, that's the game. Okay? It really, really is easy. Okay. So let me jump in the framework now. So the first step in the framework, now that we understand who's our dream customer and where are they congregating, the first question I start asking is, who has already congregated my dream customers? <laughs> okay, who are those people? What are the places? What are the, what are the blogs they read? What are the email lists they're on? What are the forums they're a part of? What Facebook groups are they, are they on? Who, what influencers do they follow? Like, where, where are all the different places they're already currently congregating? And so we build a list. And I like building a list. Back in the day, I didn't understand um, how different each platform was. So I just had a huge list of like everybody, every single person's thing. Uh, over the last probably three and a half, four years, we've gotten very good at breaking down and saying, hey, who are all the Dream 100 on Facebook? Who's already congregated my dream people on Facebook, on Instagram? Which podcast they listen to? And we break it down by every single platform, okay? How many of you guys have, have already built out your Dream 100 list so far? Okay, so maybe 10% of you guys. I literally have talked about Dream 100 every presentation for the last 15 years of my life. So... That means for everybody else who's not paying attention, this is step one, okay? When we were launching ClickFunnels, um, the two weeks before ClickFunnels launched, uh, Todd and Dylan flew to Boise, and we sat up all night, and they were coding, um, they were coding ClickFunnels, right? Um, they were sitting up all night drinking Red Bulls, doing all this stuff, like coding, and then me, who I'm the non-technical co-founder, I have no technical abilities whatsoever, um, I'm sitting there, and I want to support them. I'm hanging out. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? I got to do something. So guess what I did for two weeks, all-nighters, for two weeks straight while they were coding, trying to get ClickFunnels live. I was doing this. I had a list. All right, who else on Facebook? Who else on Instagram? I started making this list, and I was calling them. I was contacting them, getting to know them, sending them packages in the mail. Like, while they were coding, I was doing this. Okay? 
That's how much value this is. Like this is the most important thing you could be doing if you want to get attention into your business is figuring out this. Who's already got your dream customers? Okay, so that's step number one. We got our dream customers. After we know who they are, then we need to go through two different processes. Number one, we're going to try to work our way into those groups. And number two, we're going to try to buy our way in. I'll break those, I'll break those down next, okay? So step number two. Now that we know our dream 100 is now we got to work our way in. Okay, what's interesting about this is we see this every single day in the real world, yet for some reason um, we dismiss and we forget about it online. Think about um, every, how many of you guys watch late night talk shows? How many of you guys watch early morning shows? Okay, if you notice, every time there's a new movie comes out, guess what they do? They take the actor and the actresses who are the big names or whatever the show is, and then these people start going to the big shows, right? <clears throat> they go on Ellen, they go on Today Show, they go on The Morning Show, they go on uh, Jimmy Kim or Jimmy Fallon, and they're going out there and they're promoting their business. They're working their way in, right? They're talking about this weekend, the show's coming up. They tell you about the show and they, they talk all about it. They show a quick clip from it and they, this weekend, go and watch the show. It's going to be amazing. Okay, all Hollywood's doing for the week uh, leading up to the premiere is they're working their way and they're sending out their, their, their attractive characters. They're putting them on the road. They're making them go from interview to interview to interview to interview. They're on TV, they're on radio, they're on podcasts, they're on everything, all promoting the show is about to launch. Okay, if Hollywood does that, the same way we should be doing it. So if you've got a funnel that's going live or it is live, this should be our job. So how do we work our way in? How do we go out there and we earn this traffic? Okay, let's go to our Dream 100 and figure out how we can, how we can work our way in. Okay, if you listened to, to Julius Dean yesterday when he talked about how he got his videos viral, how did he do it? He made some content, contacted people to see if they share. Made some content, boom, he was working his way in, working his way in, and now he's 6 million followers, okay? Like, that's the magic. You're working your way in. So I go back to my Dream 100 list and I start looking at all these people, and we're not going to be able to work our way into all of them, but, but which people are there that I can start working my way into, okay? And sometimes one of the mistakes people make, and I was so grateful Julie's talked about this yesterday too, is they come in like, okay, I'm going to get Tony Robbins to be my Dream 100. That's my only, I only have one Dream 100. If I can get him, I'll get everybody else. And they start going after Tony, start going after Tony or whoever, or after Russell, after whoever the big, the big dog is. And the problem with that is that the big dog is not going to pay attention to you at first. Okay? What Julie says is that I found people on my same level, right? And I, I did collabs with them. And then their, their fan page grew, mine grew together, and then they're bigger. And I could go after diff- bigger people. And then we shared, we shared, and we got bigger, and got bigger. And eventually, now Julius is the man. Like, he literally shared a little thing on, on stage. It was like, I'm on stage with at Russell Brunson. I had like, I don't know, two or 3,000 people follow me yesterday from his Instagram because he's like, hey, I'm here with Russell. Like crazy. Thank you, Julius, by the way. That was amazing. So you should tag me more often. Um, in fact, all of you guys should tag me more often. I appreciate it. Anyway, so we're working our way in, right? So we're figuring out, okay, how do we work our way in? And that's, in every platform is different, okay? You can go, someone that's got a huge blog, go to them and say, hey, can I write a guest blog post? Let me do a guest blog post. If someone's got a big podcast, say, so like, hey, I've got a really cool show I did. Can you want to interview me on your show? Uh, video collab, shout outs. There's all these different ways to go into your Dream 100 and figure out how do we work together where I can work my way in to get access to your audience. Okay, this big stream of traffic's already here. How do I work my way in so I can step into the stream of traffic and get a piece of it as well? Okay, the first 10 years of my business, I didn't pay a single dollar in ads. 100% of my, my business came from this, working my way in. Okay, I have a lot of people like, I want to do a funnel, but I can't because I have no money for Facebook ads. Neither did I for 10 years. 10 years is all I did is I just worked my way in, worked my way in, worked my way in. Okay, same thing for you. Like, you don't have to have money to get to... to to launch a traffic campaign, you just have to have time. And some of us have more time than money, and some of us have more money than time. So depending where you start is going to be based on which one of those things you have. If you have more money than time, spend, like focus first on buying your way in. If you have more time than money, then focus your, your, your efforts on working your way in to start with. Okay? All right. So now we've got traffic. We're earning our way in. Now we're shifting to traffic that we control. This is where we buy our way in. Okay? And this is simply going to our Dream 100 right, and buying paid ads to their followers. And we're throwing hooks out in front of them. Okay, so if I know that Tony Robbins and I dream 100, he's not going to let me do a podcast interview with him, but I can target his followers on Facebook or Instagram. I can throw my hooks in. I can buy my way in. And I can start pulling people out of his, his, uh, his pond and pull them into mine as well.
okay? And step number four, the whole goal of all of traffic building is to get people onto your own list. That's the big secret, okay? Um, the reason why ClickFunnels has grown is we're doing a whole bunch of stuff to, to uh, we're buying ads everywhere. But if you notice, all of our ads are focused on something to get them to give us their email address. So now they're on email list, okay? Most of this room was not filled by paid ads. Most of this room was filled by people who, would, who clicked on a paid ad, came to something, opted in. We were able to send emails for the last, who knows, year, two years, five years from you guys. And the emails were what, what pulled you in, right? The email list is the biggest value in your company. That's when you own your own traffic. And that's the key. So as you look at this Dream 100, this framework as a whole, our goal is to figure out who our dream customers are, where are they congregating, who are the Dream 100 already have them, and then we work our way in and we buy our way in. And the goal from both of those is to get people to join our list, okay? So if I'm buying ads, I'm saying, hey, here's a cool ad, here's my free framework, come opt in to get a free framework. They come from the, from the traffic I bought, they give me the email address, now it's traffic that I own. Okay, if I'm on a podcast interview, I do the interview with the person, I try to help as much as possible. At the end of it, I'm like, hey, um, if you guys want a free copy of my framework, go to blah, blah, blah.com and get my free thing. Right? And so I'm just pushing people from both, the, both sides of these things into a spot where they can join my email list. Okay, I'm going to show you guys an example of that here in a second, but that's, that's the goal. Okay? So basically, section one of this book is, is that. Um, oh, actually, I do have a really cool case study to share with you guys right now. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but my two favorite podcasts are Mixergy and Business Wars. If you guys aren't listening to those, they're amazing. Mixergy is Andrew Warner, and he interviews a startup founder two or three times a week about their whole startup story, which is really, really fun just to hear just tons of people's startup stories. Uh, and then um, Business Wars. Who here has ever heard of Business Wars? Oh, for the rest of you guys, I just changed your life. Okay, so Business Wars is uh, it's like an actual show. So they pick two companies in, in, the history, in history that had a, a business war, and they make like a six to eight episode podcast series, like a radio show, telling the story with like actors acting it out and sounds and all, all sorts of stuff. So they have like Coke versus Pepsi and tell the whole story. Nike versus Adidas, they tell the story. Mac versus PC, like all the, ba- the amazing business wars of all time are in there, and they tell the stories, and they... Ugh, it is, it is so good. You guys will be obsessed with it. Um, it literally should be like a uh, history class for kids. Like you should just pull your kids out of school and then make them listen to business wars. They'll learn history and business and a whole bunch of, like it is that, is that good. Anyway, so I was listening to Mixer G and all of a sudden there's a guy that pops on the interview and it's this guy right here. Okay, his name's Jordan Harbinger. Anyone here ever heard of Jordan Harbinger? Okay, so I'm listening to this. I've never heard him at the time. I'm listening to this thing and, um, and uh, Andrew's interviewing him and Andrew's like, so Jordan, tell us the story. So you had a podcast it was getting like 6 million downloads a month. It was called The, the Art of the Charm. He's like, yeah, this podcast was the biggest podcast on iTunes. We were huge. And then me and my business partners got a fight, and they kicked me out of the company. And now I don't have a podcast. Oh, he was the host. He was the face. He was everything. And overnight, that fast, boom, he lost one of the biggest podcasts in the world, just gone. And he's like, so right now, I'm, I'm do-, he's like, I'm launching a new podcast. It's called The Jordan Harbinger Show. And I'm going to go and be on a bunch of people's podcasts and tell my story. And hopefully, people come listen to me over here. So he was on Andrew's podcast. And then I started noticing all the podcasts I listened to, uh, Jordan Harbinger on the first one, then the second one, the third one, the fourth one. And soon, I heard him on like 30 or 40 different podcasts. I'm sure he was on a whole bunch of other ones I didn't know, going around, working his way in, working his way in, working his way in. Every single podcast at the end of the interview, he said, hey, if you like this content, um, I have a show called The Jordan Harbinger Show. Go into, go into iTunes and go subscribe to it, and uh, you can listen to, me, listen to me there. I was like, how fascinating. This guy who just lost everything, the biggest podcast in the world, first thing he does to grow his podcast is what? Works his way in. He says, okay, I know people listen to podcasts, listen to podcasts. I'm going to find every podcast listener, and I'm going to go on their shows. And I'm going to talk, and I'm going to talk, and I'm going to talk. And he did that, okay? And he starts driving all the people to the show that he owns, okay? Then, like two days later, I'm listening to Business Wars, and I get done with one of the series. Each series is like again, six or seven episodes. I get to all of them, and all of a sudden, between um, the next Business War, there's this, little, um, there's this little short, like, 
10 minute episode. And I'm like, that's weird. I've never seen business wars do a 10 minute episode. So I'm like, what is this? I listen to it and it pops on and says, Hey, us here, uh, us here at business wars, love listening to other podcasts. One of our favorite podcasts is called the Jordan Harbinger. It's brand, uh, Jordan Harbinger show. It's brand new. And you should go listen to it. In fact, I'm going to show you some of our favorite clips from the show. And it's like uh, five or six minutes of the, like these different clips that Jordan, uh, from his show. And they keep him called action between each clip. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm listening to this. And I realized Jordan went to business wars and he paid to get his podcast on there. Okay, he paid there and uh, he started buying his way into the big podcast as well. Okay, because Business Wars is not going to do an interview with Jordan Harbinger because that's not their business model. They're telling stories of businesses in history. So he bought an episode right in the middle of one of the biggest podcasts out there, both pushing to the Jordan Harbinger show. So I'm watching this in real time. I'm like, this is insane. This is so crazy. And so as I was preparing this presentation um, uh, a couple days ago, I was like, I wonder how this whole exercise worked. He went from having to have a podcast that was getting a mil- uh, six million downloads a month to having nothing starting from scratch. And so I started research, started finding, and I found an interview he did three weeks in the Jordan Harbinger show. And within three weeks, he had over a million downloads of his, of his brand new podcast. That crazy? He's doing the thing we're talking about. Work your way and buy your way and find your dream 100. Work your way and buy your way. And like, that's the game over and over and over and over again. Okay. All right. So that's basically the first section here of the Traffic Secrets book. It's the foundation of everything. Because all the other things I teach, are, like they, they come off of that foundation. So I want to make sure that, that we sh- I shared that with you guys first. Okay, so now the second section of the book is called the Fill Your Funnel Frameworks, okay? And the second section, again, this is the part of the book that was really, um, not scary, but like the hardest part for me to write because traffic changes so often, right? It's always changing. I'm like, how in the world do I write an evergreen book about the most unevergreen topic in the history of the planet? And I was like, the only way to do it is to figure out what's the framework, what's the pattern, what is that thing that works every single time? I started looking back like, okay, back before there was a Facebook, how did I get traffic, Okay. How many of you guys remember before uh, Facebook, there was a site called MySpace? Who remembers MySpace? Okay. Who remembers before MySpace, there was a site called Friendster? PLS, right? Okay. And so I started looking like, like how did we get traffic back then? And I started looking at what we did and I started looking at the pattern. I started looking at the new things and I was like, oh my gosh, there's a pattern that I do every single time consistently. And um, it's funny because Rachel Peterson is getting me excited about TikTok. I keep trying to fight it. Every time she posts something and then my daughter Ellie's obsessed and so we make TikTok videos together. And um, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to start playing this game again. And so as I started looking at TikTok, I started looking into the same framework and started getting, starts getting really, really exciting. So I'm going to teach you guys this framework and you can use it in any platform. I don't care if it's Google, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, new, pa- new platform coming out in the future. If you understand this framework, um, you can go into any of these networks and you can have success. Okay. So step number one. The first thing you have to understand when you go into any new platforms, if you're going to go to Google or you're going to go to YouTube or whatever it is, first thing you have to understand, you have to understand the history of where this platform has come and the goal of the founders of the platform. Okay. You have to understand where it came from so you can know where it's going. These things are shifting and changing all the time. Okay. So if you don't understand where it came from, it's hard to know where it's going. And then you're just kind of hitting, missing, hoping for the best, right? So for example, how many of you guys know who these two people are? Isn't that crazy? Most of you guys don't know. <laughs> so these are the founders of Google. This is Larry and Sergey. They founded Google. And when they founded Google initially, it was kind of crazy. Um, it wasn't called Google. Does anyone know what it was called initially when they first created it? It's called Backrub. <laughs> That's kind of weird, huh? Um, but let me tell you why. So they were sitting there and they were um, trying to figure out this whole search thing. The way search engines work prior to Google is that basically um, uh, they, people had search engine results. And they, they would list stuff. But then if you want to be ranked high, it was 100% like, you pay 500 bucks a year and you'll be listing the search engine, right? And that's how most of the search engines work. So you were getting, if you go search for something, it was all you ever saw, like basically paid ads. Like that's all the search engines were. And, and so the, whoever rose the top was whoever was willing to pay the most. And they're like, I don't feel like that's the right thing. <clears throat> like, 
And so their philosophy, their, their hypothesis going into this is like, I bet you that whoever gets the most other sites saying that they're cool, like that's just like, the, whoever's linking the most back to this one site, that's how, that's how we know if someone's the best, right? And so they built their first, um, their first algorithm is all based on that. So they basically came back and said, okay, um, here's their search results, right? Here's, here's number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, all the way down to 10, right? So okay, here's a website here. Each one's a website. And they said, okay, if, uh, if a whole bunch of people are linking to this, let's say this site's got, got well, let's just, okay, people linking here, people linking. Let's say this site's got 100 links. If this one has 101, it means more people like this site. If this one has 100 and and two links, it means more people like this site. And so it's like, that means they're rubbing each other's back, right? Like, like this is the, like, they have a lot of people who like this person. And so that was kind of their, their philosophy. So they created that with the initial search engine. They put it out there and the ranking shifted and it worked really, really good. At the time, I think they were, oh, I can't remember if they're Stanford or Harvard, blanked off the top of my head, but they were one of the schools. This is where it was built out initially. And uh, eventually they were using the school servers. It got too big, they couldn't handle it. And so they said, you have to take it off of this platform and go take it somewhere else. They bought google.com and it became, it became Google. Okay, so this is, this is the whole history of the platform, how it worked. It was like, okay, um, we got to figure out who's got the most links uh, wins. Okay, and then what happens, as soon as the, the platform goes live and the algorithm is out there, then people like us, we're the entrepreneurs who are like, this is really, really cool. How do we beat the algorithm? How do we beat the system? What's the loophole, right? How many of us look at everything through that lens sometimes? <laughs> okay, we ruined the internet, just so you guys know. Um, and I was part of the first wave of ruining the internet. So I remember sitting back and hearing this and people like, this is how it works. I remember like some of these keywords, especially if you get on the first page for like a really competitive keyword, it can be worth hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to you, right? And so it became this really quick game. We said, okay, well, um, I want to be in this spot. How many links do I have? They have 102. Cool. I'm going to go and get a thousand links. And we started hiring people in the Philippines and in India and Peru to start doing link building for us, right? I said, this site's got hundred links. We want 5,000. And boom, we blow it up 5,000 links. And so we're number one, right? We're number one in Google, right? And then we started creating software that would make mass spamming links and start spamming as so we get higher and higher and higher. And so for a little while, all the spammers and the scammers, are the ones who rose to the top, right? Which then makes Google's algorithm no good because now it's like, oh my gosh, we're supposed to show the best sites. Now we're showing literally the worst sites from people who are just spamming the search engines. So they had to go back to work. Like we have to shift the algorithm. How do we change it? And so they start shifting this to say, okay, well, maybe it's not just links. Maybe it's quality links. Maybe, and then let's give page rank to things. And they, they've gone through a whole bunch of different iterations um, over the years to get this closer and closer and closer to something that works. Okay. And so there's a season with a new network where people are trying to, to game the system figured out while the, while the founders are trying to figure out how to, how, to, how to protect themselves. And eventually, you know, 15, 20 years later, now we got Google Words now, and it's much more difficult to break the search engines. So instead, we say, instead of trying to break the search engines, what if we align with the search engines? What if you get what they actually want, right? And this is the mindset shift I had to have from going from like me being a hacker to trying to figure out how to just game the system. Like, how do we play with the system? Okay, because I've had a lot of times, I got page number one for make money, page number one for work at home, page number one for all these keywords for a season where for two or three weeks I'm getting insane amounts of leads and all of a sudden it's gone. Okay, so in six months getting something there and then week that was there for a week and it's gone. And it's like a painful, not fun game. I was like, I want to build stuff that's going to be consistent, that's going to last long term. So to do that, I got to figure out where is Google going? Where is YouTube going? Where's Twitter, Pinterest, whatever the platform, where is it going? What are their goals so I can align with them? Okay, it's a mindset shift for us entrepreneurs because we're always trying to think, how do we break the rules? Instead, I want you to start shifting to that. How do we align with their rules? Because if we can do that, we can build something that'll be stable and long-term, right? So that's the number one is figuring out the platform, understanding where they came from, where they're going so we can align with their goals and figure out the stuff they actually want, okay? That way you can be doing this for a long time. So that's number one. Step number two now, <laughs> this is where we go to that platform. So I don't care whatever one it is, you go to the platform that you want to be on. So if you pick Instagram or Facebook, you pick the platform, you go there and you start finding your dream 100, right? 
You wanna figure out who are the Dream 100 now on this specific platform, okay? Somebody's already there, they've already congregated your people, so let's find out what those people are. Okay, now I wanna recommend all you guys do is the first thing I want you to do when you go to a new platform, let's say it's Instagram, go to Instagram, the first thing you need to do is you need to unsubscribe from all of your friends and your family. All they are doing in your life is bringing you stress and headaches and conversations that are useless for you growing business. These phones are not social tools. This social media is not a social tool for you guys, okay? We are producers of social media. We are not consumers of social media, all right? <laughs> Man, you can run down a rabbit hole and lose your life very, very quickly. So what I recommend is unsubscribe for everyone who's not on your Dream 100, okay? This becomes a market research tool really quick when you stop following every single person that you knew in high school, okay? We unsubscribe from them all, and then we just follow our Dream 100, okay? I start following on my Dream 100, and then every single day when I pull up my phone, I scroll through this thing, I'm just doing market research. What are my Dream 100 doing right now? How are they speaking to my audience? What are they saying? What are they being rewarded for? What things are showing up my feed and what things aren't? Okay, look at it like, oh my gosh, this, this, this shows up here. You know, so-and-so posts this and there's like five likes. But so-and-so posts this, there's like 3,000 comments. What did they do? Why, why is this one working versus the other one? Can we start looking? We're funnel hackers, right? We're looking to the patterns. Like, what is the pattern? What does this person do that the algorithms are rewarding today? We have to be very careful because the algorithms are always shifting and always changing. So we gotta be looking constantly every single day. Like what's, what are they being rewarded for today? What video did Russell post? Did it work? Did that, that concept, that layout, that style, that thing, did it work? Did it not work? Did you get comments? Did it not get comments? Okay, every single day our social team is posting new videos, new pictures, new images, and we're just testing stuff all the time to figure out what things are working. We're looking at every single, like all the other people on our Dream 100 to look what they're doing and figure out what's the pattern, what's working today. I remember probably four or five years ago, um, yeah, maybe three, I don't know, a couple years ago, um, uh, uh, looking through Instagram and, and I, I'm kind of weird cause I follow my dream 100, but then I follow the dream 100 in like almost every industry just cause I'm obsessed with like seeing what people are doing. And so, um, I follow all the fitness people, all the real estate people, like all the, like I'm following all the people so I can see what's happening in other markets as well. And I remember, um, seeing in my feed, all the fitness people started using these meme videos. So you guys remember, uh, you guys know what meme videos are? There's like a video with the headline up top and then transcripts down below. I remember every time I said it, it was like, it would catch my, catch me as I'm scrolling through. I'm like, oh, that thing is cool. And I look at it and the comments and the likes were super high. I'm like, what in the world is this thing? And I started looking at it. I remember like a month or so later, we had an inner circle meeting and Brandon and Kaylin came up and when they did their presentation, they're like, you guys, meme videos are killing it for us. They showed us, we're like, oh my gosh. And so all of a sudden, all of us in the inner circle meeting that day went out and started doing meme videos on our own platforms. And for a while, it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Okay, we have to understand is that Social media marketing is all about patterns and pattern interrupts, right? So what happens is that everybody's stuff starts looking the same, starts scrolling through your feed and everything looks the same and all of a sudden something interrupts you, right? And so you create these pattern interrupts. So for a little while, those meme videos were the pattern interrupt. You're going through, it's like, oh my gosh, we, we stopped it, right? It stopped your thing and, and other people start seeing it and they model it and they copy it and eventually the pattern interrupt becomes the pattern, right? And that happens quickly. Sometimes you got a month, sometimes two months, three months before the pattern interrupt becomes a pattern and stops working as good. So we're always looking for like, what's working? What's the new pattern interrupt? What can we try next? What's the next thing we can do? What's the, what's the next pattern interrupt we can figure out so we can get people to stop in their tracks as they're scrolling through, right? So that's why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm following my Dream 100. I'm scrolling through here, looking what they're doing to figure out what are things that get me to stop? What are things that get me to click? Right? So I can look at that. And I start looking at the posts. Like, what did they do? Do they use hashtags? What hashtags do they use? What, uh, like, how, was it a short comment? Was it a log comment? Okay, because so someone will ask me, like, well, what should my comments look like? Or what should my posts look like on Instagram? I'm like, I don't know. It changes day by day. Like, what are the algorithms rewarding today? The way you find that out is figure out from your Dream 100, who are the people having success and watching them and modeling them and be like, oh my gosh. I just, like, for example, I saw Grant Cardone yesterday posted this really cool sales video on, uh, I think it was Instagram. We had $100 bills. Did anyone see this? And he had like his sales video written on $100 bills and magic markers. He's flipping thing after thing after thing. I watched the whole entire thing. 
I am so busy. I'm planning an entire event for 5,000 people. And I'm like sitting there watching this video. Like it was such a good pattern interrupt. And you can bet everything you got. I'm trying to figure out how to, like, what do I create? Like I'm not going to do $100 bills because that's ridiculous. But like, could I do something like $1 bills? Like how can I like model that, right? <clears throat> and then eventually every single one of you guys do the same thing. And it becomes a pattern. It's like, oh good, another dollar bill like thing, right? But for a little window there, there's a window. So it's looking for the patterns. And it's always trying to develop your own things too. Like do something crazy, do something weird, Okay. There's a big reason why Bart has me wearing two to three outfits every single day, right? Because I don't want you guys scrolling through your social media and see Russell in the same clothes 800 times. I want you to be like, oh my gosh, there's a picture of Russell with this thing. Like, what is that? I mean, it stops you in your tracks, right? Russell in a suit, like, that's weird. It's a pattern interrupt, right? That's why we do, anyway. So that's what we're looking for. So we're looking for these pattern interrupts. Um, now, uh, Jenna, this is Jenna Kuchi. You guys know Jenna? If you guys don't, she is one of my favorite human beings on this planet. Um, we were hoping to get her to speak at this Funnel Hacking Live, but she was with her family in Hawaii. Um, but I'm going to be hanging out with her next week, and maybe we can get her next year. If all of you guys comment our stuff and say, we wish you were at Funnel Hacking Live, I bet we can get her to come here next year. So, yeah, you already did. So, anyway, not that I'm trying to get her here. She's amazing. So, um, but I was, uh, she's been on my Dream 100 for a long time. Uh, she's a really good podcast called The Gold Digger Podcast. You guys should all listen to it. Um, but I was scrolling through uh, the feed, and I keep seeing her stuff, and... Um, and I remember uh, just being really impressed and looking at all her, all her posts. She gets so many comments and engagement. I'm like, she knows what she's doing. And so I went and, uh, and then so I said, okay, she knows what she's doing. I went and bought her courses. I started following her, started studying her. I got her on the phone, got to know her and started asking her questions. I was like, man, you are one of the most engaging people on social media I've ever seen. How do you do it? And she said, well, I have a framework I use. I'm like, what's your framework? She said, my framework's called the JK5 method. Have you guys heard of Jenna's JK5 method before? Okay, it's a simple framework she created for how she posts on Instagram. And ever since she taught me this, we started doing it now on Facebook and podcasts. I try to model this everywhere. But basically, the JK5 method is you got to find five different categories of your life that people will find interesting. Okay? What happens for a lot of us is like we're business people or we're fitness people. So everything we post is like is me doing a squat, right? Or it's me like on stage going like this, right? What happens is you're very one-dimensional that way, right? And so the people who are like pumped, they want to be on stage will follow you, but the rest of the world just tunes you out. She said, you have to be a multidimensional human because we all are anyway. She said, you have to be multidimensional. She said, so you have to pick five categories of things that you are passionate about. So for me, I was like, okay, what are my five categories? And these are the five I picked. I said, families, funnels, faith, entrepreneurship, and personal development. These are the five things I'm really passionate about. She said, next, she said, on your phone, you need to make five album, picture albums in your phone for these five different categories. And then she says, throughout the day, you'll be taking pictures of every single thing you're doing and then categorizing them in one of these five things. So if you're taking your kids to church, take a picture. If you're going to an event, take a picture. If you're going, like everywhere you're going, start taking pictures of all these different things and put them in the categories in your, in your uh, album on your phone so you have them. And then what you do is when you start posting in social media, you don't do two business pictures in a row. You rotate through your five categories, your JK5. So first you pitch, post a picture of your family, then one with funnels, then faith, then entrepreneurship, and personal development. Okay, so if you look at mine right here, so the top left-hand corner, there's me and my wife and our amazing kids um, uh, in McCall, Idaho, going skiing, right? So there's a family one. Then you go to the right, there's me doodling out a funnel. Boom, there's a funnel one, right? Then you go to the right, there's me in Fiji with a preacher, uh, preaching to the Fijian, or uh, yeah, pre- preaching with a, at a Pentecostal church with this dude, which was amazing, right? There's faith. Then we go to entrepreneurship. There's my kids selling a lemonade stand. Then we go to personal development. There's talking about repetition matters. Then we start back over. There's family, right? And you start seeing this pattern. Now, we're not 100% surprised we, we kind of, you know, not 100% perfect, but there's a pattern to this, right? So what happens is, is you start doing this and you'll have people from different parts of your life that'll follow you, right? People that go to church with me will start following me and they're like, oh, there's Russell and his family, we gotta meet him. And then he starts seeing pictures of my family. Oh, this is cool, I like Russell. And they're like, oh, what's that weird personal development thing? What's this funnel thing? What's this? And all of a sudden they start seeing this and eventually they start asking questions. They start coming into your world. And they're like, oh, I like Russell because I know he's a family person. I know his family, I trust him there. What's he doing over here? 
Okay. I got in this audience, probably five or six people that go to church with me who didn't know what I was and they follow me on Instagram and now they're here at Funnel Hacking Live, right? Okay. That wasn't by, de- <laughs> yeah. wasn't by design, but that's what happened, right? Same thing with uh, personal development, entrepreneurs, family, like you, you do these things out there. Like my family posts, right? Like I go to my kid's soccer game and no one knows what I do. They all assume I'm unemployed or something that like, he drives this weird Jeep, says Funnel Hacker. But they get, I get to know them at soccer games and stuff. They follow us on Instagram or on Facebook and they see me posting pictures of my family over and over and over again, right? We've got, um, the guy who's done our, our kitchen remodel uh, is here in the audience. What's crazy is he came to our house, didn't know anything about what we're doing. You know, it's like I'm building this kitchen at Russell's house. This is kind of weird. Followed me on Instagram, so I listen to our podcast, and now he's at Funnel Hacking Live, right? And Todd, are you having a good time so far? <laughs> anyway, but that's what we're doing, right? We're, we're being multifaceted people because people are coming to your world from a whole bunch of different places. A lot of you guys didn't come here because you want to learn funnels. Most of you guys didn't know what funnels were, but you saw an entrepreneurial quote, right? Or you saw a personal development quote. Or you saw me with Tony Robbins. You're like, oh, I know Tony Robbins. What's this funnel thing? And all of a sudden, boom, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, and now you were here, okay? The Kool-Aid's good, right? Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that's what we're doing is we're doing those things. And we're trying to create, so we're taking pictures, you're doing stuff, you're documenting all these things, putting them in folders. And then when it's time to post that, you just go to your family album or whatever your thing is, your fitness album, scroll through, find the best picture and you post it, right? And that's when we start creating these content and trying to figure out these new pattern interrupts and things we can do to grab people's attention. Okay, like I said, I try to do this now through all my, everything I'm publishing, I'm doing some variation of this, right? From Facebook to Instagram to podcast, I'm trying to rotate through things so I can be more multi-dimensional. I can, I can uh, attract different people into our world. Okay, phase number three. Now we've got to create our publishing strategy, okay? We found our Dream 100, we're following them, we're seeing what they're doing. Now we've got to look at this and say, what's my publishing strategy? Okay, it's going to be different for everybody, um, and it's going to shift throughout time. Like when we first started doing Instagram a little while ago, we were looking at like, what are the best people, people who have the most success, what are they doing? They were posting, I think, twice a day at the time. So like, who will do twice a day? And as we kept doing that, over time, we started seeing a, a drop in, in engagement. We're like, what, what's happening? We started looking at people who are still having success, and they were posting less often. So we said, okay, we're going to shift from two times a day to one time a day right? With our podcast for a while, I was doing them random, like, I'll just do a podcast whenever I want to. And eventually I was like, well, what, what, what days do we get the biggest uh, downloads on our podcast? What are, what are those things happening? Like, let's, let's focus. And now I'm going to do it twice a week, right? Now I'm twice a week. They go out at the same time, same day, because we figure out what works best for us, right? So however you're, whatever platform you're going on, you got to figure out uh, a publishing strategy you can be consistent with, okay? Consistency is the key, because most of the time when you go into a platform, posting once or twice is not going to do me very good, okay? It's posting once or twice for a year, and then two years, and then five years, Right? I think I am seven years into my podcast now, but it's consistent. I remember when I started my podcast, I was like, if I have to go into a studio with a microphone and a thing and people editing audios, I will never do this podcast because I can't be consistent with it. But I said, but if I start a podcast called Marketing My Car and I just drive around and I talk on my phone, I, I drive my car almost every day. Like, I'll just do it that way. And so that's how I started. Jumped in my car. I started driving. I started telling my story. I started documenting my journey. Okay? That was pre-click funnels. That was... Uh, on the back end of a huge business failure, and we started, started publishing, started publishing, right? And so that's the key, is just being consistent, figuring out a way you can be consistent with. So don't go um, do TikTok if you know there's no way I'm gonna be posting videos twice a day of me dancing, lip syncing, okay? Don't do it, okay? But if you're like, this, is, this fits my vibe, this is what I like to do, I enjoy this, then, then do that, right? Pick one platform you can be consistent on, okay? If you're a writer, you like blogging, like go to medium.com, set a free account, start blogging on Medium, right? If you're a podcast person, do a podcast. Like figure out the platform that you want to go into where you can publish consistently and then start doing that, okay? You create your publishing strategy and then you stick it to it, okay? Now you have your publishing strategy. Let's say it's podcasting, your podcast, and now it's like, okay, what are the other podcasts my people are listening to? Okay, so one, I, I mentioned this earlier, but it was like, it was this little epiphany we had um, one day that was so dumb, but I remember I just, I remember freaking out and, um, and, uh, and I ran into Dave's office. I was like, Dave, 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 I just like had this huge aha moment. Do you remember this? I was like, 
This is insane. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, okay, check this out. People who read blogs, read blogs. It's like, oh, <laughs> deep thoughts by Russell. Like, what time did you go to bed last night? How long have you been here at the office? I mean, no, 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 but like, check this out. People who listen to podcasts, they listen to podcasts. So, yeah, man, you are a deep thinker today. I mean, no, 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 but like, but people who read emails, read emails and people who, and I started going through this and, and he's like, what's the point? I said, the point is this. Right now we're trying to pull Dream 100 from everywhere. I was like, if we want people to listen to my podcast, I got to find out because the people who are going to listen to my podcast are already listening to podcasts. It's hard to get someone who likes to read blogs to shift how they consume content to podcasts, right? Who here, who are my podcast people? Who loves listening to podcasts? Who here are my, are my readers like to read blog posts, like read content? Who here likes watching videos? Okay. Everyone's got different modalities, what they like. And so we tried for a long time. We were doing Dream 100, um, getting, like, I remember it was actually the Expert Secrets book launch. We did the Expert Secrets book launch and um, we're doing Facebook lives with all of the people that had big audiences. And so I was doing this Facebook live with somebody who has this huge email list and we did a Facebook live to his fan page and we had three people show up. And we're sitting there watching and I was so angry. I'm like, we spent 45 minutes on this interview and three people showed up. I was like, dude, after I was, I was, I was he's close enough friend. I could be like, dude, like, you had three people show up? Seriously, like you wasted both our time for three people. And he was like, well, I don't have a big following on Facebook. My email list is huge. He's like, you should just have me send an email to my list. And I was like, why didn't you tell me that before we got started, right? And so right now we're saying, if I'm trying to build my podcast, I'm gonna find out who else has a big podcast that my dream customers already listen to. If I'm gonna go TikTok, who are the, the Dream 100 already have followings on TikTok that I can do collabs with so I can work my way into those, to those followings? Who are the people that already are blogging? If I want to become a blogger, I need to get to know all the best bloggers and I start working my way and doing guest posts, getting to know those people because the people who are reading blogs are the same people who are going to read my blogs, right? I don't have to go and create traffic. I got to find the existing traffic and step in front of it, okay? All right, now as you're working your way in, um, one thing that I learned the hard way, so I am obviously a hardcore direct response marketer who loves to sell stuff. Uh, how many of you guys are cut from the same thread as me? Okay. Um, so I remember social media first came out. I, I didn't really get it. I remember being frustrated. I set up a Twitter account. I was like, sweet, this is awesome. And I, I bought a Twitter bot that like, you should like, go friend a million people, then unfriend them after they follow you. And I got like 100,000 followers overnight. I was like, this is amazing. And then I started spamming out links to all my funnels. I'm like, hey, everybody, go buy my crap. Go buy my stuff. Go buy my stuff. I kept posting these things over and over and over again. And guess what happened? Nothing. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why are people not giving me money? And I remember being so mad and just like perplexed. Like, I don't get it. I got a following. I'm sending offers in front of them. Why are they not giving me money? About the same time, uh, one of my favorite marketers in this community, uh, Perry Belcher, he spoke with the very first funnel I can live. How do you guys know Perry Belcher? Uh, he's one of the founders of Digital Marketer. He's uh, just an amazing guy. And about the same time, he jumps on Twitter. Uh, and I'm like, I'm going to kill Perry. My, my Twitter software's getting me way more followers than him. But he starts doing the thing. He starts growing his following. And then um, and I noticed, though, he's not selling anything. I'm like, why is he wasting his time here? Like, he should go sell something to his people. And I'm watching him, watching him, watching him. And he does this thing for probably six months, builds up a huge thing, ends up getting, I don't know, 100,000 plus followers on Twitter. He's just talking, hanging out, people doing all sorts of stuff. And then one day, um, he did a, a Twitter webinar to just his Twitter list. And they had over 10,000 people show up live to this webinar. In fact, I remember because they called us saying, hey, can you have a go-to-webinar account we can borrow? Our account will hold 1,000 people, and we have like, I have, it's like 30 or 40,000 people registered for this thing. So are you serious? And they were daisy-chained to get all these webinar platforms to get everybody to come on to go do this presentation. So all these people come, like 30 or 40,000 people register, 10,000 people show up live on this webinar. They do the webinar. They crush it, like two comma club in, a, in an hour. Um, and I remember sitting there being like, this is, this is amazing. 
And so after the dust settled, I called up Perry. I was like, dude, I don't, I don't get it. Um, how, how did you just do like, I've been spamming people on Twitter for months and nobody's bought anything. Like, how do you do this? And he's like, he smiles. He's like, Russell, he's like, I know exactly why you're not having success. I'm like, well, why? Like, explain this to me. He's like, um, you know, when you go to like a networking party, I was like, no, I'm introvert. I'm scared of people. He's like, you never been to a networking party? I'm like, no. He's like, well, okay, well, normal people, they go to networking parties. He's like, if you go to a party and you walk into the room, right? There's a whole bunch of people hanging out, having fun. You walk in, you're like, hey guys, what's up? Want to buy my stuff? He's like, guess what they do? Everyone's like, oh, it's that guy. And they turn their back like, oh, right? He's like, that's what you did. You're that guy. He's like, I'm that guy. He's like, yeah, you walked into this party and started telling her about your stuff. He's like, nobody likes that guy at the party. Nobody likes you, Russell. I was like, oh, well, that sucks. I was like, well, how do you play this game then? He said, okay, this is how us extroverts do it. He's like, you go in the party and you become the life of the party. You talk to people, you have fun, you tell stories, you, have, you tell jokes, you introduce people to each other. You're like the person who's like the connector and you have a bunch of fun and suddenly everyone's like, man, Perry is the, is, the, is the life of the party. He's the most fun thing, right? He's like, you're having fun at this party. And then he said, when the party's over, you invite people to come back to your house. He said, they come to your house they walk in the house and they see the picture of your family on the thing. They see the things that are important to you. See your bookshelf. They see all the stuff that you care about. It's like they're in that situation. Then at your house where it's you and them, different, different location away from the party, that's where you invite them to buy stuff. I was like, oh my gosh. He said, look at social media as a party. You're going to these places, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, one of these places. You're not going to spam stuff. You're going to go build a relationship, to be the life of the party, get to know people, get to um, connect people with each other, become the person that everybody loves. And then be like, hey, you want to check me out? Come back to my YouTube channel. Come check me out. This is where all the stuff's important to me is over here. Oh, you want to check me out? Come over here to uh, my Instagram. This is where all the stuff's important to me. And they come over to your home. And then there on that platform, you have the ability to start connecting and communicating and pushing people into your funnels from there. And when he told me that, I went back and I deleted my 100,000 fake friends. Um, delete all my posts, and I started over from the very beginning. And that's been now, man, probably eight years ago. And I'm not the best at it. I'm still the introverted guy who doesn't understand networking, but I'm there every day. I'm putting in the time. I'm on my phone, connecting, talking, commenting, introducing people. Um, in fact, this is how I got to meet this amazing human being right here. You guys had a chance to hear from him on day one. Um, when he wrote his very first book, Trust Me, I Lie, I'm like, this book is insane. The, the uh, Dark Art of a Medium Manipulator. Who here has read this book? Like... It's ridiculous. Uh, I wish I could just tell you about it, but you should, like, it's, anyway, I read it, I was like, this dude is the man. So I followed him. He came on my Dream 100 on all my platforms. And for years, I've been following him and just watched as he published his first book and his second book and his next book. And, like, he's become, like, one of my favorite authors of all time. And, uh, like, three or four months ago, he posted a picture right here on the left here. And this is his new manuscript for uh, Stillness is the Key. He posted it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you have another book coming out. So I commented. I was like, dude, your book's amazing. Like, I love you. I'm so excited for your new manuscript. Okay. 15 minutes later, I get this private message from Ryan, who I, I didn't know even knew who I was. said, saw your comment on my post on my book. Really cool, man. Your stuff has been super helpful for, for us over the years. And I'm like, what? Ryan Holiday knows who I am? Like, oh. I'm like totally fangirl and freaking out, like running around the office. Like, oh, I showed everybody. Like, he just messaged me. And then I'm like, okay, got to be cool. Got to be cool. Okay. How are we going to do this? And then I sit there and like rewrite this message 400 times, delete it, delete it. And then like, was it the, how many days later was it? Oh, it was the same day, but it was like hey, 10 hours later. So for 10 hours, I'm like writing the most important copy of my life. <sighs> so finally, okay, I'm going to play cool. Like, hey, man, that's so cool. <laughs> and then I start freaking out. You are literally my favorite author right now. I have so much respect for you. Thanks for reaching out. Let me know if there's anything I can ever do ever, like seriously. 
<gasps> and I said, I'm like, oh no, oh no, I'm an idiot. And then the next day he wakes up in the morning. And he said, oh man, that was a nice surprise. Send me your address and email. I'm going to send you a copy when I get a new book. And then I was like, dude, would Jay speak a fun liking live? He said, yes. And now he's here. Right? But this... So think about this. This is my dream 100. And this is one aspect of it. Okay. This is very similar. Where I met Prince CA. Like this is like, I'm out there. I'm following people. I'm looking, I'm studying, I'm learning from them. I'm commenting on their posts. I'm always engaging with what they're doing. Okay. I'm sharing, I'm introducing people. I'm bringing them on my stage. Like, Hey Ryan, come talk to my people. Like, I love what you do. Right. I'm providing value as much as possible. And guess what I'm going to ask Ryan to do someday. I have no idea. Maybe nothing. Right. But I guarantee you my next book comes out. I'm going to send him a copy. If he likes it, maybe he'll, maybe he'll do something about it. Maybe not. I don't really care. Right. I'm not going in with any kind of like uh, evil ulterior motive. So many of us have this ear, this motives with, uh, with dream 100 is like, okay, I'm gonna come in and think like I'm nice for him. I'm gonna ask him for something like, no, that's not how it works. Right. You're serving, you're serving, you're serving. And eventually they'll come to you. Cause they're like, this is awesome. How can I help? Oh, well, this is what I'm doing. If you want to help, but don't go in looking for something. Okay. How many of you guys watched the, the video we did uh, with me and Tony Robbins talking about my dream 100 journey with him, the 10, the 10 plus year dream 100 journey. It took me to get him to do something. Right? If you haven't, go watch this on YouTube. It's, it's amazing. It talks about the journey and what I did. I was never going in to meet Tony to try to like, take something from him. I was like, let me come and see how I can serve him. And I can serve him. I can serve him. And eventually, he's like, man, this guy keeps serving me. Russell, what can I do for you? I was like, oh, I have a new book coming out. Do you want to interview me? He's like, sure. Boom, three million views later, we sold a crap ton of books. In fact, I, I would assume probably a tenth of this audience probably came from that Facebook live I did with Tony when I introduced the Expert Secrets book to his audience. Okay? So that's what we're doing. We're working our way in. From there, ooh, I'm down to like a minute. From there, we start shifting to like buying our way in, right? How do we buy our way into these different networks, okay? Again, you're coming in, you're fighting, you know, Gary Vee's got this big following, like Tony's got this following, you're fighting our dream 100, how big are their followings? And then we start throwing in hooks, right? We're throwing in hooks and we're interrupting them. We're throwing out different ads, different videos, different things to try to grab their attention and pull them from where they are into our, into our business, right? Again, the traffic's already there. We're not, trying to, we're not trying to generate it or create it. We're just finding, boom, there's traffic. There's 3.1 million people following Tony. Let me just see how I can step into that and get some people to come to me as well. Okay. And then the last phase here in the last 10 seconds is filling your funnel. Okay. If you have nothing else in this business, the key to business is growing your list. Okay. Um, traffic is going to go up and it's going to go down. It's going to shift. It's going to be really good. Sometimes it's going to be really, really bad sometimes. Kevin, okay? this is, I think this is my 16th year in this industry. I have seen thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs who have made millions of dollars, who lost it all and never made it back. And the reason why is because they focus just on buying ads or just on ranking on SEO. And as soon as those things shift, the algorithms change and, uh, you know, um, something happens, they lose their business overnight. Okay. I've been lucky enough that one of my first mentors, Mark Joyner told me from day number one, he said, the, the only thing you should be focusing on when you're growing your company is building your list, building your list, building your list, building your list. And you drill down in my head. And so everything we do when we drive traffic all has one goal and one goal only is to take all the traffic from the, from our dream 100 through the traffic we earn and the traffic we control and pushing it into our own list so we control our own destiny, okay? Mark my word, there will be a time in the near future. I don't know if it's gonna be a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, five years from now, where Facebook ads are not gonna work for the majority of us. It's gonna happen. So right now we've got the season, right? Instagram, YouTube, these things are not always gonna be around. And so if you're focusing everything, like just making sales off these platforms, it's good for a season, but it's not gonna keep you here 15 years from now, okay? You do that by focusing on building a list and building a relationship with the list. Okay, so all the efforts we're doing to drive traffic, all those things are all with one goal, one goal only is to build your list. And that's the traffic you control, traffic you own. Okay, if Zuckerberg shut me down tomorrow, I'd be fine. Okay, if Larry and Sergey wanted to de-index everything we got, we're going to be okay because we've got our customer list. Okay, and that's the focus point. So that is the gist of the first two sections of the Traffic Secrets book. From there, we go into growth hacking, a whole bunch of other fun things you guys are going to love. I wish I could talk about right now, but we don't have time. 
You've been listening to one of our gold members only podcasts. Make sure you upgrade and become a diamond member and get access to the diamond members only podcast as well. On top of that, you also get access to the whole enchilada with all dance courses and so much more. So make sure you upgrade to diamond now by going to diamondupgrade.com.